Welcome to FMC Radio, your officially unofficial source for all things Free Methodist. From in-depth discussions with key FMC leaders to daily updates during events like General Conference, we want to keep a consistent stream of information flowing to you regarding where God is leading the Free Methodist Church. I'm your host, Josh Avery. We want to invite you to sit back, relax, and join us on this journey as we learn what it means to be Free Methodist in this episode of the FMC Radio Show. January 7th, 2019. This is episode 87 and uh, things are starting to return to normal, at least in my life. You know, especially being a pastor, you got all the all the craziness of, of Christmas Eve service. And then, you know, depending on how close that is to Sunday, uh, you know, it gets even busier because you've got back-to-back services almost. Um, and, you, you know, then right after Christmas, you have New Year's and whatever you do for that. And uh, a lot of people just go to bed early, which is, is kind of what I did. I went over to my sister's for a little while and then ended up uh, going to bed early. And, and I think I woke up a little after the New Year and was like, oh, there it is. You know, it's the older you get, the less exciting it is, really, especially if you're the kind of person like myself who always goes to bed early anyways. Like by 10 o'clock every night, you're sleeping. You know what I mean? <laughs> you don't really want to stay up till till midnight to say, yeah, there it was, and then just be like, all right, see you guys, and go to bed. I mean, you can get the, the fun in and then get to bed, right? So that's what I did, and uh, today we have an exciting interview with you, for you. Not with, uh, we don't have an interview with you. We have an exciting interview for you uh, with Rose of Seed, and she is the director of Seed. We'll talk about more about what that's all about here in just a few moments. Um, I did want to mention a few things, first of all. I think I mentioned this once before, but want to bring it up again, that uh, Kristen Bennett Marble, who may be a familiar name to you, we interviewed her previously for her first Fremo journal. It was called The Scriptures of Jesus in the Early Church, A Fresh Engagement of the Old Testament. She is coming out with a new Fremo journal. It should come out very soon. I haven't yet gotten my copy. I do have a subscription to the Fremo journals, um, and I should be getting it sometime soon. Uh, but uh, this this book is coming out very, very shortly. It's called The Second Scriptures, The Scriptures About Jesus and the Early Church. So kind of the difference is the first one was about the details and kind of a, a deeper look into the Old Testament. This second one will be a deeper look into the New Testament. Um, and I can recommend this second book very strongly without even had read it because I read the first one. And I know how much work Kristen put into this just by seeing some of her posts on Facebook. Facebook and some of the things that she said. She has done a lot of work on this. You can go ahead and uh, order this new Fremo journal. You can order it over um, on, on a website. I, there's no reason for me to probably read it out loud to you, the website. Um, of course, it's on the Light and Life website, um, but I will put a link in the show notes for you. That way you could just click on it rather than try to hear what I'm saying and, and type it in, right? Um, so the other thing is, um, it is, of course, as I mentioned, a new month and a new year. And so what uh, Jeff Finley was talking to us about over at Light and Life a few episodes ago about the new Light and Life magazine, um, that new Light and Life has come out. Maybe you went to church yesterday, Sunday morning, and you, you saw the new ones if your church has, has those magazines out. Um, if not, make sure you pick one up next week. They have started on the new theme for the year. Um, it's... Uh, they they had a um, as Jeff I think mentioned back when we had our show with him they had a kind of a competition going on to see what the hashtag would be what the um, subject would be uh, there is a they knew they were going to do something involving Bible reading but I think the one was called um, 
was called Bring Back the Bible, was kind of their the theme slogan. And then the second slogan was My Bible Journey. And so My Bible Journey got the most votes. And so that is their theme for this year, My Bible Journey. And each of these, uh, each of the magazine issues this year will go into a separate topic under my Bible journey. So this month of January is the public reading of scripture. I was looking through it for the first time this morning and there are great there are a, a lot of great articles in here, not only from um, we have two of our three bishops wrote this month, um, but we also have um, an article from Kristen Bennett Marble about the first time she uh, found the importance while she was in Israel of reading the scripture aloud. So I certainly encourage you to read those articles and and everything else. There's a lot more in there. Um, a couple more things. Uh, first of all, um, just want to remind everyone that, of course, General Conference is coming up, and you should register if you haven't already because the prices only go up from here. So you want to register for the General Conference 19 in Orlando. I hope to see many of you there, meet you personally, shake your hand, talk to you, have lunch, whatever it is. Um, but, uh, of course, we have a booth there, and I would love to hear your thoughts for what we should do with our space. Obviously, we want to get the word out, um, but if you have an idea of a meetup or something we can do uh, together as far as this podcast is concerned, please do uh, send me an email, josh at befreemc.org. You can go to facebook.com slash fmcradio. There is a message button there, and many people like to contact me through that and just send a message on the Facebook page. You can also talk to me on Twitter at FMC Radio Show, or if you're daring, you could, of course, call the show voicemail, leave a voicemail, and uh, that number is one nine one four. FMC USA 1. Again, that's 914 FMC USA 1 or 914 362 8721. And all of those connection points are in the show notes for you today. So uh, if you have an idea, please, as, as it, whether it's a great idea or you think it's a silly idea, send it my way. I'd love to hear all of your feedback for what we should do with General Conference. And uh, later on this month, I will be uh, revealing some things. I will be talking a little bit about conference this month as much as I can. So um, that being said, let's uh, finish up here this intro segment with our weekly look and prayer uh, from the Free Methodist World Missions Prayer Guide. So today there's actually two uh, birthdays of Free Methodist missionaries. One is Larry Winkles and the other is J.R. Krause. And so we are to pray for both of them today. The first, it says, pray for, and I'm going to probably pronounce this wrong, but pray for Ildiko Kober, the co-coordinator of the Set Free Network in Hungary as she organizes education and preventative efforts to fight human trafficking and develops a supportive relationship with other like-minded organizations. So that's the first thing. The first place we're playing, praying for is Hungary. And the second one says, J.R. Krauss serves as the field coordinator for visa teams across much of Latin America. He also assists in implementing community church planning in Ecuador. Pray for the Lord to give him continued strength and wisdom for these two areas of ministry. So let's go ahead and pray for those two areas now, both Hungary and Ecuador. Dear God, we thank you for this chance to come before you uh, over the recording here. And uh, we get to say this prayer several times almost because we have different people listening in different areas at different times. And so we're continuing to pray out these prayers to you, joined in prayer together uh, with the listener and then this recording. And so right now we just pray for Hungary. We pray for 
the coordinators there with the set free movement there. And we pray um, that you will be with the education and the preventative efforts that are being formed together to fight human trafficking. And I pray that you would um, continue to develop that supportive relationship with those organizations that can help to support and so that she won't have to do everything on her own here in Hungary. And we also pray for J.R. Kraus. We thank you for his service as the field coordinator for visa teams in Latin America. And we pray for um, his wisdom and his strength as he continues to do these things, as he continues to um, plant the churches in, the, in Ecuador. And we pray that you will continue to give him the strength to do this for some time and that he can continue to lead people in the way that he has been. Um, and that the teams who are, are sent out and coordinated under his leadership would come closer together and would be uh, doing what you would have them do, not just for a fun trip to go to Latin America or something, but that these teams would actually know what it is you would have them do and that they would act upon that. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we will be right back with the interview. All right, well, I mentioned on the last show uh, some things about uh, what are going on around the world in, in the Free Methodist world. And uh, one of the groups that I mentioned briefly was SEED. And I, I said I just wanted to keep that portion brief in the last episode because I knew I was going to be talking to Rose here today. And uh, Rose is the director for the SEED Livelihood Network, and I have her on the line. Thanks, Rose, for joining us today. Thank you, Josh. It's great to be on the FMC Radio podcast. I really appreciate the things that I've learned about our family of churches and I love your heart to share what that's doing in our midst. Thanks. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been um, good to learn even myself just um, when, once I learn about new places and new uh, ministries, new groups to kind of, uh, you know, um, get the word out about them and learn myself about them as well, which is really surprising. I think I said something about this a few episodes ago, but like, I'm really surprised that somehow I have we are haven't already had this interview. I don't know how 87 episodes we never talked to anyone at Seed on the show. So <laughs> probably because I don't like talking on the phone or actually <laughs> not even necessarily talking in front of people. So I finally got you after all these years. You said, ah, "I guess so. I just do it." <laughs> okay. Awesome. Well, so so um, we just talked just briefly and uh, communicated the last few weeks or so or whatever, but. Um, for people who are listening for the first time, and even for me, um, it would be good to hear just a little bit of your background, um, just get to know you a little bit more. Um, and so tell us a little bit about your background in the Free Methodist Church and kind of what led to where you're at now. Right. Well, God took me along a pretty unique road. I actually grew up Catholic, and then during college, some odd things were being taught in my local Catholic church. So my friend Gita invited me to come to her church. I went to check it out, and that church just happened to be Lansing Central Free Methodist. Um, I was part of Central Free for about eight years and ended up leading their ministry that reached out to kids in the neighborhood. And the more I led that ministry, the more I thought, I want to learn from people who really know how to do this urban ministry thing well. So I ended up moving to Philadelphia and going to Eastern Baptist Theological Seminary, um, which is obviously not a free method of seminary. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. But it's really balanced sharing the good news about Jesus Christ and social action, making a really practical difference in people's lives. And so 
um, I went there, and it was while I was at Eastern that I realized God was calling me to be a pastor. And it was in my systematic theology class there that I realized that I was Wesleyan through and through. So okay. I called my friend, Amanda Wolf, who was one of the pastors back at Lansing Central Free Methodist, and I said, I want to explore the ordination process with the Free Methodist. And she laughed out loud in my ear, and she said, it's about time. So um, that's how I got back to the Free Methodist Church, was really through systematic theology and uh, thinking, okay. um, what's really important, and what do I believe, and how do I see God, and how he relates with people. So uh, back in the ordination process there, my husband and I moved um, back out to Portland after I finished seminary. That's where my husband's from. His parents were there. They were older and not doing well. So before we moved, I called every free Methodist church in the Portland area and said, I'm looking for an urban multicultural church. And they all said, Grace Christian Fellowship. Go to Grace Christian Fellowship. Okay. I kept asking about this church or that church, and they said, if you're looking for an urban multicultural church, go to Grace Christian Fellowship. So that's where we ended up. Um, just a great, fantastic congregation. I was on staff for about eight years, um, and just, it was a, it's a wonderful place, just a wonderful congregation of people who are very real and who love the Lord. So, um, that was out in Portland, uh, right? Okay. I was just saying, that was out in Portland, you said? Yeah, out in Portland. Okay, okay. Sorry, go ahead. So we, um, my husband and I, and actually our kids, which is a long story, um, we ended up going to Kenya in 2010 so I could teach at the Bible school there. Had a fantastic time with the Kenyan church leaders. Also had a fantastic time with Vicki Ryan, one of the missionaries there. And um, shortly after that, Vicki was talking to Sylvia Brown. Vicki was the first director of SEED. Sylvia Brown was the second director of SEED. Sylvia was looking at retiring. Um, and Vicki thought to conversations she had just had with David and I. David is a great, fantastic businessman, and I'm an urban pastor and a social worker. Okay. So when she started talking to us about the possibility of directing seeds, our hearts were drawn there immediately, just this balance of business and holistic ministry. Hmm. So that, that um, included a move then to Indiana? Um, actually, when we first started directing seed, we said, here's our two-year plan. This is where we would take seed if you chose us to be directors, and we would like to stay in Portland. Ah, okay, awesome. So you're still in Portland today? <laughs> actually, we stayed in Portland for about four or five years, and um, it came to the point where we knew it was best for seed if we moved to Indianapolis. Ah, okay. So, yeah, so we've been here for about three years. Okay, I was going to say, so I'm, I was trying to do the math. I'm thinking, well, if you're in Portland, it's pretty early there right now because we're, we're recording this in the morning, so I was starting to feel bad for a minute there. So, okay, so I didn't wait no. till the end of the story. <laughs> no, we have moved to Indianapolis for seeds. 
Okay, awesome. Okay. Wow. So um, now I've been to the World Ministry Center um, just once last year. Um, I guess now it's 2019, so I guess it's been two years. Um, but um, And I did get to see uh, some of the things that were going on at Seed, but it was more of a overall tour during that time, um, during um, one of the conferences. And so, um, you know, it wasn't an in-depth look. Um, and so for those people that have never had any uh, any even chance to go down and, and get a little understanding of what Seed is, or maybe they, I know a lot of annual conferences uh, may have a little setup um, from Seed, but some may not, and, and some people may have not even been to an annual conference to see this. So if somebody is listening, they have not heard of Seed, and they're not sure what this is all about, what would you, uh, how would you explain what Seed actually is? Seed is a livelihood ministry, and we get to work with free Methodist churches around the world. We help them do a small business ministry that makes sense in their communities. So we help them grow whatever micro-enterprise makes sense for them. A lot of what we do is we say, what is God doing in you? What's God doing in your community? And how can we help? Okay. So a piece of that is that we believe that everybody is blessed and that we are blessed to be a blessing. We believe that uh, everybody's created in God's image, that everybody has gifts and skills to share. And so we do a lot of asset-based community development where we say, what are the gifts and the skills that are already in this church? We know God is already at work, so we are simply coming in and helping to grow whatever God is already doing, whatever the local church is already doing as far as a small business ministry. Okay, yeah, so so what? how many countries are we talking about here in terms of involvement? We actually work with um, two different groups, artisan groups and seed capital groups. Okay. So right now, we're working with 16 artisan groups in 12 countries, and um, we're just finishing up um, with some seed capital for four other groups. Okay, and ha so um, I'm just thinking of a, a couple different things as we're talking here. So how many years has has it been since Seeds seed started? Seed started in 2002. Okay. And um, really through David and Cheryl Yardy and a lot of their work in Asia. And then uh, directed by Vicki, directed by Sylvia Brown. Um, and then David and I started co-directing in 2011. Okay. So we've been around for almost um, 2019, so 17 years. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's been around for a little while, but at the same time, um, that's not too long in terms of thinking of what you're just telling us about these countries and, you know, the different groups that are involved in stuff. It's, I mean, there's a lot going on for 17 years. I mean, that's... Um, and I know, I guess I, I, I guess I, I shouldn't say I know, but I assume from uh, reading this recent newsletter that came out, we talked about on the last show a little bit about Togo and how um, what you were reporting on was saying that they had been asking for a long time for Seed to get involved. So it sounds like there's a lot of uh, people saying, hey, we want you to come here as well. So the words really, it seems like the words really getting out in 17 years about what's going on with Seed. Right. Very definitely. The, um, and I think our growth could be a lot bigger. Um, 
the one of the main reasons why it took us six years to get to Togo was simply funding. So it, it costs a lot to be able to work in person with these groups. And so um, we kind of pace ourselves as to um, where we can go and who we can work with in person. And then, of course, most of our work is phone and Skype and WhatsApp and um, all kinds of other ways to stay connected. Okay, yeah. Well, so um, you mentioned briefly these two different groups, and it, it, are these two groups within Seed, are they, um, are they what differentiates between the products that are being made, or what's, what's the difference between these two? The artists, the artisan groups yes. make products, and then there are Seed Capital groups, and those are groups, we help them with business plans, um, so similar to the artisan groups, but... They either don't make anything at all, or they make things that will stay within their community. So okay. we are not a ministry that's focused on the products. We're not focused on keeping ourselves going. We're focused on helping the churches do small business ministry. And a lot of times, it doesn't make sense for a church to make handicrafts. It makes more sense for them to raise animals or to start food cards or to start organic gardens, whatever gift God has given them. So those groups, the ones that don't, um, we don't end up in an artisan partnership with, we call those seed capital groups because we help them with business plans and then raising seed capital to start or seed capital to expand their ministry. Okay. So it's almost, um, in a way, that even is even a little more difficult because it's not really a cookie-cutter situation uh, where you go in, okay, hey, this is what we do, go into the country, and, and here's what we have to offer. You have to get to know what's going on in that country. You have to get to know what's available, what the people need, uh, and then you can say, okay, which of these groups does it fit into? Uh, and then it, it's the capital group. Then you have, okay, well, what business can they start? How are we going to do it? So there's, it seems like there's a lot of different uh, layers and, and a lot of day-to-day uh, -day involvement of trying to get to know the people and, and the countries that you guys are in. It is more difficult, especially up front, but it's also, uh, it's also more holistic and yeah. more organic. And if it's something God's doing and not just something we're making happen, then yeah. it ends up being a lot easier in the long run. Yeah, and that's the thing is like it, with anything really, you know, there's like sayings that say that, but the, if it's harder to do, it's it's likely to be, you know, better. It's a it's a better investment or it's better made or whatever. So that hard work pays off long term. And, you know, even just of what we were just talking about, if you were to just, you know, we have the this American group coming in and they're saying, well, this is how we're coming to help this country. And, and we've decided it's going to be this way and do this stuff. And then the people there go, well, that doesn't really help our community. It worked over here, but not over here. You know, it, so so taking that time really does make that difference. And like you said, it's just going to, um, that that holistic approach of, of addressing the full issue. And you only get to know that if you know what's going on in each of these countries and each of these areas that you're involved with. Right. Um, so we really rely on the leaders in those countries. We know that they are incredibly gifted men and women. We know, they know their country, they know their churches, they know their communities much more than we do. So we have a lot of questions that we ask. Um, we bring them this idea of asset-based community development 
Um, we work with them. We, uh, again, help them with the business plans, help them with seed capital. But really, it's a ministry of that local church. So we are really helping that local church do the ministry that God's called them to, reaching out to the poor, helping people who are oppressed, uh, helping people with disabilities. And it's, um, it's really beautiful, as much as I've seen the Free Methodist Church in Michigan and Indiana and, and Oregon and so many other places. We're very different even in the U.S., but we're also very different overseas. And the things that our churches are uh, working with, the people that they are ministering to, the people who they are even as leaders, they're just amazing people who face incredible odds and who are overcoming day in and day out. And it's really our honor just to come and to help them and to say, what's God doing? How can we help? Yeah. Well, uh, so in these, in these countries where you are um, going the route of the, of the products, um, what kind of products are being made? I mean, are there are there a lot of different different products, or are they are they pretty uh, standard? Or what what kind of things are are you guys working with? They're kind of all over the board, just like our churches are all over the board. Um, so, like in Peru, Mujeres Chile makes jewelry, but they also make scarves from this incredibly soft alpaca yarn because that's what's in Peru. The Spanish Free Methodist Church helps fund training for their church planting by exporting this incredible olive oil. Um, Free Methodist churches in Bulgaria are doing a lot of microenterprise things, um, including some knitwear and sewing. They're expanding um, greatly. I'll give a quick plug for um, the groups in Bulgaria and El Mellinger, who is starting a lot of microenterprises there and just started a fair trade store up in Jackson, Michigan. Um, so again, it's kind of all over the map. Um, Greece, they're doing jewelry and bags. Um, the Middle East, they're making tile mosaics and jewelry and olive wood serving boards, all kinds of work. Um, they are actually employing 50 refugees right now. They could employ 100 refugees if they had enough orders and markets. Um, and one of the groups there that need more work are their sewers. And so we're working with them on a simple tote bag that people could give away at conferences to, uh, to really affirm their sewers and to give them more work so that those refugees have some solid income and can keep growing. Um, Kenya and Uganda, they're making all kinds of jewelry from all kinds of materials, paper beads, um, uh, just cow horn, all kinds of different things. Um, so in Asia, there is a full-time sewing workshop. They are sewing all the bags that will be given out at general conference. And I'm super excited about that. I'm even more excited because this group has come to the point where their quality and their quantity is so good, um, along with lots of the other groups, where we can connect businesses to them directly. So just last year, uh, we were able to connect them to a company in Michigan that makes these cloth fabric softener holders um, 
something speed won't ever carry um, something for that company. But our partner group in Asia was able to make $11,000 just from that one connection in the last few months. Um, hmm. That is the kind of thing that gives vulnerable women jobs in a safe and loving place where they can see lives changed and transformed. And that's, uh, that's really exciting for us to see the groups come to this level of sustainability where they're way beyond seeds markets, where we can connect them up and the groups themselves become sustainable. Um, so lots of other groups throughout Asia where it's safer to not even talk about them, but they're just making all kinds of um, acacia wood utensils and uh, weaving, all kinds of various yeah, so I was thinking about, um, so someone is listening and they have, they're thinking of these products and they have um, bought one of these products in the past. Um, you know, they're, when they look at that, they, they probably, since it's connected to seed, uh, gave a little bit of thought to, you know, people who are making it because it's kind of the story behind the product. But really, um, it, it's just, it, there's no way to fully grasp how many lives are changed just by that, that one Thing that you you go out and you get that product say you got one of those scarves that you were talking about uh, someone owns one of those and they're wearing it you know as they're listening to this it's like think of how many um, lives the person that made that and just the group that that uh, the church that's involved in that area how many different people are connected to that specific product um, and it's it's really just something that we've been kind of coming back to on this podcast this idea of the factor of one of just adding or subtracting people from the equation and this whole idea of, you know, the people uh, having these jobs and, and of course, uh, down to at the annual conferences or general conferences, when you're buying these products, you are a piece in that puzzle. You know, you're the one buy, purchasing, um, creating the demand for, you know, going back to the supply. So just all these different um, ways that are interconnected. Uh, with the different people and these products and just even one product, just so many lives that have been affected or had a, it has passed through and it's on its way to wherever it, it ends up along the way. Just interesting right. to think about. Right. And one of the most fun things I get to do is connect people in Peru or the Middle East or Asia or whatever with people in the North, in North America. Um, and actually, even in Japan, we have some people buying seed uh, products from Japan. Um, and my biggest request is that the people who receive these products would pray for the people who made them. Because I know that the people who make them are praying for the people who receive them. And I just think, when we are in heaven, we're going to get to all talk and say, hey, I prayed for you. I have no idea what your name is, um, and not much of your story, but just that connection um, is pretty amazing. And the, when I go to visit a group, I take gifts from other groups, and I say, you are not alone. And even just this last year when I was in Kenya, I was talking with a group that has gone through a horrible hard time. They've had their buildings stolen from them, all kinds of things. And I said, there's another group in Asia, and I want you to tell you their story, because they are just two steps ahead of almost the exact same story that you are in, and they have seen 
of faithfulness and they have seen uh, the faithfulness of each other in the group throughout it. And just that word that they're not alone and that there are people who are going through similar things and there are people who are praying for them has been a great gift to people all over the world. Yeah, I, I, that would be great to um, hopefully people who buy these these products on uh, on the end side of it, um, they can keep that in their mind because that's, like I said, it's easy when you're at the general conference, for example, you buy it, it's in your mind right then, you see the display, oh wow, this is connected to this country or whatever. And then as you you know go about your life, maybe the next year or whatever, you, you still wear the product, again, the scarf, okay, I like this scarf. But maybe you start to forget about that connection because it's not right in front of your, your face. It's just, hey, I put this on today. It's nice. It looks good. And so it would be great if we can, you know, when you, when you see one of these products, if you can try to constantly remind yourself in some way uh, to be praying for those who, who made it, just as uh, Rose was saying, they are praying for, you know, those who, they're praying for you, even though they didn't know your name. You don't know the name of the person that made it, but you can pray for the people that have been involved in that product as well. Um, and that'd be great if we could keep that at the forefront of our minds as we, you know, prepare to go to General Conference and purchase these things and, uh, you know, at Annual Conference, General Conference, or just online or whatever. Um, I, we, we've said a little bit about um, some of the stories. I think that's you know, some of the, the actual people that are involved. I think that's one of the best ways to get to know um, what's going on in any ministry or, you know, kind of hear updates is not just hear just the numbers or just kind of what happens in the day-to-day, but to hear the stories are what connect to people uh, the most. And um, would, do you have just one more story to share with us about uh, about somebody who's been, been impacted by seed or through seed? Uh, I have lots of stories, but I think the one that I'll share with you today is about, um, it's from Columbia. It's a cleaning group ministry. It is led by Erlinda, and Erlinda is a lot like so many people in our congregation. She is not going to be someone who is up there preaching or teaching or um, doing kind of the stereotypical things that you do to give back when you've been blessed by a church. But Erlinda ran a cleaning business, and um, she knew how to, uh, to build into young people, to mentor them, and to minister to them. And so we helped her with a business plan. We helped her with some seed capital. And she began this cleaning business, C-O-S-E-A-L-H, she began this cleaning business as a ministry to help the young people, to help them grow in life skills and really everyday discipleship. So um, I love that when they were going to annual conference, Pastor Adelia uh, kind of mentioned, hey, let's, you know, let's not talk about this too much so that everybody's not saying, hey, I want seed to help us, we want seed to help us, we want seed to help us, um, kind of with the overwhelming demand. And so um, they weren't going to talk about that very much, but because it's the church, of course, everybody hears about things and finds out about things. Um, so there was churches in, North, in northern Colombia, and they said, hey, why don't we have seed help us do something like this? And they were talking about different ideas and things, ideas were starting to move, and someone said, why do we need North American seed to help us do this? We can do this. Mm. So the churches there have started a small business ministry, 
they're making these incredible paintings, which are very stylistic, very, um, very much in tune with their country and their culture, and um, creating these, selling these, and it's just because of what they heard that other churches had done, what they heard Seed had done, but they did it on their own. And that, for us, is success. Because it's like having a grandkid. Mm, yeah. You put, all, you, know, you put all this work into raising your kids and um, seeing them successful, and then grandkids happen, and you just get to enjoy it. Um, and I really feel like this business with the paintings is so much. It's happening because of the things that we've done. But really, we had almost nothing to do with that, and that's the kind of sustainability we would love to see happen more and more in free Methodist churches around the world, where they go, oh, God's given us gifts and skills. We don't need someone from North America to come help us do this. We can do this. Yeah, it's uh, people are inspired by seeing what's going on, and then as they look at their own gifts, that's... That's the ultimate, I mean, hope in, in I mean, even at a, a local church level, it's not just to say, oh, wow, this is pretty cool what so-and-so has going on, but that they would then go, okay, how can I not just come to church and go home, but, you know, do my, do, kind of take this on as my own at a local church level and then as a as this global, you know, church of just seeing, um, not just to say, well, how can we get seed involved because, there's only so many countries that you can can get involved in at any given time. It's, it's just like that Togo story of them asking for years, and now you're finally able to get involved. Um, but if there's a people there who have the gifts, um, you know that's amazing that they can just say, okay, hey, well, we we just get started. And a lot of people, unfortunately, um, aren't to that point yet that they're willing to say, let's let's do this. Um, so it's encouraging to hear um, a group say, well, let's let's just do this on our own. Let's try to let's try to take it to the next level. Um, and it inspires people to, to do things. And when people are inspired, this, these kind of stories and these, you know, this kind of work that happens, um, is inspiring to people and it makes people more willing and more excited to get involved in different ways. Um, of course, you know, we've been talking in the fullness of our conversation about these products and we, we keep bringing up, I keep bringing up general conference cause that's coming later this year. Many people will be there, uh, have the opportunity I'm sure to buy, uh, seed products, um, but they could go online as well and purchase products on your website. Is that right? Yeah, they certainly can. So they can go to shopseedmarket.org or .com, either one. Um, and we also have our original website, seedlivelihood.org, which is more about the ministry behind the products. And um, you go to either one of those websites and you'll see options for shopping, donating, investing, champion, and hosting. Um, so yes, you can certainly go and shop uh, for products from our artisan groups on our website. Yeah, so I think that's the most obvious response that people think of. Oh, well, I'll go buy a product for so-and-so's birthday or for myself or whatever. And uh, by the way, as a side, I will put the links to these two things in the show notes today so you can go down and click on those um, and go straight over uh, to the website she was just talking about. Um, but you, you listed um, five different things that are on the website and people may wonder, okay, shop, we've just talked about that, that makes sense. Donate is kind of, I see, I 
feel like it's straightforward. Okay, hey, donate towards seed, donate towards the ministry. But what, what uh, let's talk about briefly these other three things. Um, what would invest look like? What does that mean for someone to invest in seed? To invest is actually um, our link to our seed capital group. Okay. So you can invest directly in these groups. And when you, um, you can invest either in our development fund, which covers um, all kinds of things that, um, like we just sent funds to a group in Kenya that's expanding their market in Nairobi itself. And so we just sent them some funds so that they can do that expansion rate straight out of our development fund. But then also you'll see different groups, like we just, um, just over Christmas, we funded uh, uh, a help, uh, kind of the next steps for a design school for disadvantaged girls in Asia, um, a pig farm in Asia, and then also one of the churches in Togo started a community farm, which is actually amazing because the people in the village saw them working shoulder to shoulder on a farm together. And that witness of unity has actually brought people into the church. Um, my little evangelist heart, I just love that um, communities are seeing the difference that these groups are making. But um, so they did that. Um, an NGO helped them out, gave them a water pump, and the water pump broke. The NGO ran out of money, and so the NGO left and took their water pump. Sorry, this is a whole other story. I'm excited about it. Um, <laughs> but they, um, so when I went to Togo, they said, hey, can you buy us a new water pump? So the agreement was, if you come up with a plan to replace the water pump or to fix the water pump when it breaks, because, of course, at some point it's going to, you come up with a way that you're self-sustainable, that if we get this um for you that you will be able to be um, sustainable on your own, then we'll do it. So that was also funded this Christmas. So that will be um, on their way to them so that they can farm during dry season and during the rainy season all throughout the year for their families. Um, so wow. things like that. Um, but if you give to one of those specific projects, one of those specific seed capital projects, then we send 100% of that straight to the field, and it goes straight to them. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that invest piece of that, too. Again, that's a microenterprise that makes sense in a church, um, one that we're not going to see, we're not going to feel, we're not going to touch, but that's going to really have a kingdom impact. So I'm excited about the invest. Um, you can also host a seed event. That's one of the other links on the website. Mm -hmm. You can, um, we'll send a box or two full of artisan group project products to you. Um, put it out for a couple Sundays at your church. You take it to a retreat. You can also host a trunk show, like a home party for justice in your own home. Mm. You can um, be a seed champion. That's one of the other links that someone who volunteers with SEED on a regular basis, either doing ongoing events or helping us um, administratively, whatever gift God has given you, um, if there's something that you say, hey, I want to help SEED out some more, then um, follow that and we'll follow up with you and see what that might look for. Um, 
And of course, you can donate either through our webpage or you can donate through the givefmcusa.org site. Um, either place there. And that is really, um, that's pretty huge. We run a pretty tight ship. Uh, so I guarantee your donations make a big difference for these groups around the world. Um, the one link that is not there is to pray. Um, because I hope every time you hear about seed, you get our newsletter, you look at the website, you touch a product, whenever, that you would pray for seed and that you would pray for these groups around the world. Uh, um, they are ministering in their communities, they are ministering through their churches, um, and they are bringing light and love to these communities around the world just in fantastic ways. Um, I could talk to you for another 10 hours, but I won't. Um, I'll just encourage everybody to head to the website and to find out more there. Yeah, that's a, there's so many different ways to get involved, and uh, most most places, you know, it's pretty straightforward. So, hey, well, uh, you know, you could donate <laughs> and pray, and, and, and those are great things. But there's so many different ways to get involved here um, with Seed. I mean, the invest thing is is very unique um, beyond just the shopping. And and what I like about hosting an event is there are a lot of different groups out there where you can host a party at your house, you know, invite friends over, you know, you're selling these things. But they always have like this little trick that they're trying to get you roped into the pyramid scheme thing. And you always feel weird about that. Uh, should I host one of these? I'm going to get, you know, tricked into it. But here's something that you don't have to feel, you know, weird about it. You don't have to feel, uh, and especially, of course, with, with the connection here, we know that um, we can we can trust the money's going where it needs to go. Um, that can sometimes be a fear of some people as well. Well, how much is really going to the to the person, you know, or is it going to the host of the party? Or you know, there's so many different questions that come up. But we can really know that uh, you know if you host a, a a party or you you know invest, you you shop for those those products, that the money is really going towards where it needs to go, um, and that ultimately it really is. Making these transformations, as we've just talked about today, that these one story that you're able to share, um, a few different you know countries that we talked about, but really you know we could go on and on, and and that's your job is to do this all year round, hearing these stories and going through what's going on. So um, it's uh, amazing to hear you know what's been happening and to to look forward into this next year as well. Um, at the end of this next year, see see the progress that has even been made um, from now until then will be amazing to see as well. well but yeah, it is. We are finishing up 2018 and um, looking at what happened, and we're just starting to process um, as a team and to say, hey, what is what happened in 2018, and to look back and to see everything that God did and look forward to 2019 and to know he's going to do way more than we could ever ask for or imagine. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think with each of the, the ministries that we, we talked last week about kind of a uh, year in review for 2018. And it's like at the end of each, at the, at the beginning of every year, it's, it's crazy to think of, you know, what the potential there is and what God might be doing this next year. And so we'll be excited to see, um, what's going to happen with Seed, and hopefully we'll uh, we'll hear some some hear back from you as time goes on, and we can update people and uh, and let people know through the podcast, and then of course at General Conference, just even more updates and kind of where we're at uh, come the summer as well. So 
I just thank you so much again for talking to us and, and giving us a giving us a, a look into a seed. Awesome. Thank you so much. Awesome. Well, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Jeff.